right. Hi, everyone. My name is Tini Fadzilla from The Coach Partnership, and I'll be your host. All right. So today we're going to dive into a topic that's shared by all of us, and that is aging. Aging, according to the dictionary, is a progressive event-dependent decline in the ability to maintain biochemical and physiological function. Okay. Now, we're joined by Terry, who is our Director of Trainings at the Coach Partnership, but today she's going to take off that hat, and we're going to be speaking to her as a coach um, who's really interested in this topic, and that's Terry, just to preempt you, this is where we're going to start today's conversation. But before we go there, let me just do a brief introduction of who Terry is, for those of you who don't know her. So she's, uh, I edited it. So it's a lot shorter. She's more than all this, but this is the summary. So, so she's an executive. 63 summary. years, Tini, in here. 63 years of accomplishment. Okay. An hour later. Okay. So she is, the short version is she's an executive coach and talent developer to leaders, managers, and teams worldwide. Terry's international experience, executive coaching skills, and more than 20 years of experience as a CEO and senior executive gives her a unique vantage point when working with her clients. She helps her clients improve performance, build relationships, and get results without sacrificing well-being. She helps them navigate the mind feels and blind spots inherent in playing a bigger and bolder game. Terry's work is international and culturally diverse, and she has helped develop talent in over 15 countries. Terry has also been part of the coaching teams for the Support TED Fellows Program, the Unreasonable Institute, and Sundance Women in Film. Okay, that's a short version, guys. That's the right. short version. <laughs> so let's get started. So let's circle back to where we started earlier, which is why are you interested in this topic? Uh, let's see, for a couple of reasons, and maybe some that I'm not even aware of, uh, but the fact is that I am 63, and the conversation about what it means to age is very alive for me and in the community of my peers. Um, I know you remember this, Teeny, but, you know, I was part of the formation of the of the coaching profession uh, in the early ICF days. And what I'm noticing is that most of my contemporaries, the people that I have walked this path with for the last 25 years, we're all in the same conversation. What does it mean to age? What do we do with this? It's also showing up in a lot of my clients right now. So I'm really fascinated by um, what do, what do, what's our interpretation of it. Let me put it that way. Okay, what's our so interpretation of it. That's really interesting because I, I think a, a big part of our conversation today that I'm interested in is really what are some of the themes that surface in your coaching conversations with people? What's their attitude? towards aging. And for me, what's really interesting is how does that influence the choices people make, right? Yeah, um, and it does. I, I'm sure. And it's so interesting. I was just sharing before we started recording that um, I just turned 50. So all of a sudden, first, I, I don't even know when I crossed that line. Was it when I turned 50? Or I don't know, but all of a sudden aging is like, whoa, 
up front and center. And as I was prepping for today's conversation, I was, you know, typing notes and all of that. And then I turned on the TV and it was like so weird. There was a show on the TV around how to live how, aging and longevity, right? And I'm going, what are the chances of all the programs to be to, right after I do this? So that was really interesting. So why don't we start with what's your definition of aging? Um, so here's what I would say about it. From the moment we're born, we're aging, right? We are um, moving closer and closer and closer to the, uh, the end point in this form. Let's put it this way, right? Um, so, so aging is, um, is a natural biological phenomenon. And yet it's not our focus. You know, we say in our work that, um, you know, you are where your attention is. So when you said, you know, I turned 50 and all of a sudden my attention is there. And I think that's a pretty common phenomenon is that, you know, when you're in your 20s, it's not so much in our awareness. When you're in your 30s, maybe a little more 40s and 50s, but it's the fact that our attention starts turning towards this phenomenon that I am impermanent, right? As human beings, we are impermanent. The challenge is we live in a kind of a cultural story that denies our impermanence. If that makes sense. Like we know intellectually, cognitively, rationally, we're going to die. But we live in a collective narrative that actually denies that to the point now where I don't know if you noticed, Dini, if it was in the you know television program that you were watching, we're now all about anti-aging. Oh, totally. <laughs> the whole show right. is about that. Anti, like that's like that's a bad thing, like aging. So you could see it's built into the cultural story oh. that aging is something to be avoided, to fear, to yes. run away, to put your head in. And, and I, what a paradox, because we are impermanent, period. It <laughs> We're is finite. It's so interesting. You, you said that because that was my thought. So the show was about how do you stay looking younger, feeling yeah. younger, stem cells, all of it. And what I had just done before I turned on the TV was I Googled, you know, what are some of the top uh, YouTube talks that are popular? And the talks are embrace aging as an adventure, the formula of successful aging, aging well, you know, talks to make you feel good about aging, thriving long. So there's a certain theme, right, around this attitude that one should have around aging, getting older, whatever that means, right? Right, right. And that's the question that I think everybody listening needs to be, uh, to be in, to be in the reflection of is what's my relationship to aging? Right. And where did I get that, right? Am I picking up my community's uh, belief system around aging? Am I picking up my country's belief system around aging? My friends' beliefs, my parents' beliefs, my, right? Where did these beliefs about aging come from? Oh my me? gosh. 
So true. So true. And I'm just thinking this just occurred to me. Um, So yeah, so in one hand, oh my gosh, you know, I've, I've, I'm half a century old. (laughs) But on the other hand, I watch my husband is such a good role model for this. My husband, who's 50, mid 50s, and he goes wakeboarding. I mean, he is like, you know, my age is just a number. Get me on the water. And so he, for me, he's such a role model about not getting hooked or I shouldn't say not getting hooked, but having such a, uh, a, a, a different attitude than, than I perceive in the media around what aging is. Yeah. Yeah. So fascinating. Then that's, Mm. you know, I live in the U S so of course, you know, just about every other advertisement is about looking younger, looking slimmer, looking somehow looking better to a prescribed cultural norm. And what we do here is, um, you, you know, we put our older people, our older population away. Right there. What do you hidden. mean when you say hidden well, or away? We, well, we put them in nursing homes. Mm. Right. We don't have the family systems that you know some other countries and cultures have. Um, you know, women in Hollywood will talk about how irrelevant they become at a certain age. Right. Um, and it's funny because I just uh, came back from Palm Springs, California, and what I noticed was the age of the population, but how just about every person, <laughs> men and women had had work done, As which is fine. Plastic right, surgery. Right. And, you know, I don't, I don't have a story about that. If it makes you feel better, great. But I just wonder how much of our choice to do that comes from a level of personal satisfaction and choice versus what the culture says is mm-hmm. the norm if that makes sense. Totally. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. So, so let's, let's move into the territory of coaching, right? So you've worked with lots of people um, and you're saying that you're noticing a, a theme, this theme show up for people. I'm curious, what do you notice is the impact of it? So how does it affect people's choices, um, level of fulfillment, Maybe. Yeah. Right. Right. And we know um, in our work that it's all a story. Yeah. Right. So the stories that I'm hearing have to do with um, now that my attention, for whatever reason, likely my age, maybe the level of success I've achieved is now allowing me to turn my attention towards this thing that I'm labeling aging. And it has to do with well, what's a meaningful life now? What's a life well lived? See, we don't usually ask those questions when we're in our 20s. You know, our attention is other places or our 30s. But now we're starting to go, what's a life well lived? What's my work to do in the world? Where do I derive meaning? You know, what contribution do I want to be now? So those are some of the, and, and do I find that meaning and fulfillment in work? Or is it someplace else? If I don't necessarily need to keep working or I want to pivot the kind of work I do. So these are all the questions that when we kind of settle into um, where we are, we can face, we can look at, we can explore. 
Yeah. It sounds like, so what you just said to me sounds like, it sounds like someone who has a really productive relationship with aging, right? So it's like, you know, what's, what's the rest of my life going to look like? Well, what do you think? I don't know if I'd say productive. I think they want it to be productive. They want it to be generative. They don't want to necessarily buy in to kind of the story that we have collectively, at least over here of aging, which is it sucks. It's awful. Um, you're going to be isolated and alone. You're not going to be relevant. Like they're like, I don't want to buy into that story, but I, I don't know how to not buy into that story. And I don't know what story to replace it with. So that's, that's the exploration we're in. Right. Have you ever had someone or someone's more than one um, people who approach getting older in a mood of resignation? Oh, like, yeah. Mm, And how do you work with that? Yeah, Um, I would say that resignation is a fairly common mood that comes with getting older. And and I think we have a choice, but as we know, not until we notice it, until we have some awareness around it, right? Um, But resignation, because the what people see as we age, what's available to them, isn't that attractive, right? In that old narrative of you're useless, your time is over, you had your chance, you lived mm-hmm. your life, you know, now let let the young people, <laughs> right? You know, that whole narrative. There's very little narrative about, yay, look where you are. Look at the possibilities still in front of you. Look at the contribution you can be making, whatever that is for you. Right. You know, if you want to, um, I'll give you a great example. Um, my grandmother, uh, who was one of my role models, lived to be 99, which is pretty extraordinary. And in her last year of life, she was bedridden. She had lost her hearing and most of her eyesight. And I remember visiting her and I was in this question of, you know, why is she here? Right. It, you know, th- this she must be suffering. I, I, I don't know. She didn't have the, you know, the, the capacity to be able to share that with us. But I thought on some level, she's got to be suffering because she's not in the world. Like, you know, you're supposed to be in the world. And um, it, it was at that same time, I read a story um, from an author, Thomas More, and I think it was in the book, Care of the Soul. And he gave this beautiful analogy about a stone at the bottom of a river. And he said, when you've got a stone at the bottom of the river, the current has to move around the stone and the learning is for the current. And the, and the analogy I make is my grandmother was there to teach me a lesson about how to flow and be with. Oh, wow. Right. What a different reframe than why is why is she hanging on and and what's her life about? Well, I'm very clear what her life was about for me. Mm-hmm. What a gift to me it was, because I have to learn how do I flow around and accommodate. Interesting. If that makes, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I'm just thinking about one of your earlier statements where aging starts from the moment you're born. Yeah. Right. And just a curious question, have you ever worked with someone who 
biologically is young, but is already in a resigned state related to what they've accomplished or what's possible. <laughs> you mean the world that we're facing right now? Exactly. I, I haven't met too many young people and I do work with a lot of startups. Um, they're in quite a bit of resignation uh, around what's happening collectively, you know, globally with the issues. You know, I worked with this young woman not too long ago and she said, I'm so angry because of the world you promised me, meaning my generation that you promised me is nothing like how it's turning out. Like, wow. What do you say to that? Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Okay. But in this context, you know, mm. when we talk about um, aging from a biological perspective, it's that, you know, we lose our capacity over time to, for ourselves to regenerate, right? We don't have the same elasticity for biological regeneration, right? And eventually it stops and that's when we die. Right. So that's kind of the biological function. But inside of that biological phenomenon, what's the story that you're going to create that we're going to create so that every moment up until the last breath um, is relevant, is alive, is useful according to your standards, not somebody else's standards. Right. Right. Do you see a difference between men and women? And their attitude towards getting older. So this is just anecdotal because mm-hmm. I haven't read the studies. Yeah. Um, it, a lot of it has to do in my uh, experience with whether they have partners or not. So it's less a gender phenomenon. It's more, it's more, do they have a partner? And what I mean by partner could be a significant other, but it also could be community, right? So, you know, one of the, we're ontologically based, if I can use that word here, because I think most of our listeners will be ontologically trained or informed. You know, one of the phenomenons that makes us human is we are wired in our DNA to belong, belonging, right? And so as what I notice is with the aging process, there's less and less and less a sense of belonging. So if I've got family around me, or if I've got a community or a circle of friends, whether I'm man or woman or whatever, (laughs) um, then I, I still have that sense of belonging that is required. It's fundamental, for a good life, to feel, um, to, to feel joy, right. To feel connection. We, we have to have that sense of belonging. And that's what also diminishes in our story about aging. So right, you really don't belong, you know, where you belong with all those other people over there who aren't really useful anymore. Hmm, interesting. And I'm wondering, I, I, I haven't done the research as well, but I just wonder, um, Uh, in Asia, whether there is a difference, because I've been reading up on uh, what happens in Okinawa, for example, you know, how it's one of the blue zones. Yeah, blue zones, exactly. And the community that's, that's created, and it's similar to what you're talking about. There's community, there's a sense of belonging, uh, there's a sense of purpose. And they have no word for retirement. Oh, that I did not know. 
Yes, they have no word. It was in the book. It was in the book, The Blue Zone. They don't have a word for retirement. Like, what's that story? Retirement. What are you retiring from? You still got 20, 30, 40 years to contribute. What are you retiring from? Right. I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, and, and, and what was really fascinating to me is how, as part of this community, there isn't a is the word segregation where if you're this age and above, you go right. over there, everyone is intermingled. Yeah. The young kids, little children, older, middle-aged, tending to the farms, exercise. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about that, they also wrote about in the blue zone is that intergenerational teams mm-hmm. seem to be happier and accomplish more. Hmm. So you've got teams of, you know, Gen Z's, millennials and boomers and everybody in between. Um, And they tend to be more productive and happier. Oh, wow. Well, what a great place for us to start to wrap this up. It's so fascinating. And I think I I think that you and I are scratching the surface. Oh, yeah. Of what's, you know, all of the what are the stories that people are telling themselves um, uh, and for, for listeners to consider this, you know, what is the story you're telling yourself about your own journey? Um, is it, I'll call it productive. Is it unproductive? Is it limiting? Um, does it inspire you? Whatever that story may be. So I just want to ask Terry, as we close today, what do you want to leave the listeners with? Is it a distinction or something you'd like to share? Uh, You know, what comes to mind is uh, let's consider aging is an inside job, right? There's the phenomenon of getting older, but the the frame we want to put around it, the inquiry, the exploration, it's an inside job. I love that. Right. I so, love that. And that's fair. It's just a different way to hold it yeah. than everyone else will tell us how to hold it. Exactly. So, right? Yeah. What I love about what you just said is that the power is in my lap. Yeah. So I can't control my biology. This, the TV show last night suggested I could, but never mind. We um, know there are things you can do <laughs> scientifically to live healthier. No question. There you go. There you go. But what I love is I do have 100% control on the stories I create and I live from. Yeah. Oh, totally love it. And that is true until you take your last breath. Yeah. Right. If you have the awareness and then... If you create practices, yeah, right, to support that. Oh, so you thank can, you. You can be alive until you take your last breath. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Terry. All right, so listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Terry. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tini. This was fun. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by the Coach Partnership world-class leadership development, coaching, and coach certification.